Welcome to the Think and Learn Smarter experience. Here I will sit down with people from all walks of life and talk with them about experiences that have shaped them. Everyone learns from their own experiences, but the best learn from the experiences of others. Now, let's get into it. So today I'm joined with uh, Roshin Cormac. Uh, Roshin is actually working with Jigsaw and is also in uh, doing psychology in Minute. Uh, Roshin is one of the few people that I've, ever, that I've come across that is in such a good position to talk about anxiety and stress because she's not that far removed from the leaving cert herself. And also the fact that you um, do calls, you've done over 200 calls with, uh, with Lifeline as well already. So Roshin, thanks a million for agreeing to come on here. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you so much for having me. It's really cool. Never done anything like this before. Uh, and congrats on setting this whole company up because it's such a, an important message behind it. It's really good. Oh, thanks a million. Appreciate it. But uh, so, what sort of, how did you find your own leaving cert experience? Like when you when you think back to those days, how did you find doing it yourself? Um, I'm sure many people can relate and have the same experience that the leaving cert was really difficult and just a really tough time overall. Um, I think it's fair to say that it's like the most difficult, intense, stressful time in a young person's life. You don't really go through anything uh, like it again, even in university with exams, there's obviously you want to do well and there's some stress, but it's nothing like the intense pressure that students have in leaving cert. And I'm a can't say that right, perfectionist. <laughs> so I put a lot of extra pressure on myself for everything and in fifth year and the leave insert. So my stress and anxiety was through the roof <laughs> for the leave insert. It was just spiraling. And I think many people can think as well that anxiety is just just worrying and it doesn't really affect anything else. Like it's just you stressing, just you worrying and people have that stigma around it but it has a lot of physical symptoms as well to it with the headaches or you have a sick stomach or tense shoulders um I always was fidgeting with my legs as well you know if you're under the desk and the legs are going and teachers tell you stop kicking and stuff um but like that yeah so I think that's <laughs> mainly what my leaving cert experience is like and I think a lot of people feel that as well mm -hmm. and did you have any coping mechanisms that you used back then or have you come across some now in the years after the Leaving Cert that you think would be very useful? Um, at the time, I didn't <laughs> because it obviously, it wasn't on my radar at the time. So I just did not know how to deal with it. There were certain things um, when I did my actual Leaving Cert, say sit in the exams, I was offered to go to these centres that they have. So it's basically like you just go to your own room and do the Leaving Cert there under supervision. Um, at when I was first offered, I didn't want to accept it. And I think it was kind of like that stigma. You're like, no, I don't want to go on my own and be doing it in the own. And everyone knows that I've left the room and that I'm the only one outside. Um, but after, I think I did the first day maybe of exams or maybe two days of exams. And I was just so overwhelmed with everyone. I felt like everyone was writing around me and I was just there stressed. And <laughs> so I asked my teachers, I was like, I changed my mind. Can I please <laughs> go? And they were really good about setting it up. It was no problem with them at all. And I think it was definitely the right decision for me. And I felt a lot better doing the exams then. I was happier. And yeah, I think if you can, there is that stigma of like asking for help and stuff like that. But if you can do something to help yourself feel better or not as stressed and not as anxious, you should definitely take the chance to do it. Um, I think I heard a saying in some report that 
there's no medal for suffering the most. <laughs> You're not going to get anything else for making yourself suffer more when you have the chance to even relieve yourself just a little bit. Yeah. Like the leaving cert is challenging enough. Like you don't need to add an extra burden on yourself. And you kind of touched on it there that even in the exam, you're looking around and everyone else is writing. Did you find that some sort of similar like experience earlier on in the year when you'd see like your friends maybe doing a load of study or you might hear them say, oh, I did four hours a day last week or that kind of thing? Or what was your experience for that? Yeah, that's definitely a thing as well. Um, and everyone's different. Like everyone has their own way of doing things. You know that there's these people that do it all the time intensely and it's people that leave everything until the end. But everyone has their own ways of doing things. And it's just about finding what works for you, even if you have to try different things and just figure out what's right for you. And if something doesn't work for you, but it works for someone else, there's no way that's better than any other one. It's just about whatever works for you. Um, for me, it might sound stupid, <laughs> but I really found colors useful. So highlighters, and it might look mad on the page. I'll have the whole thing highlighted, but in my mind, I can remember what's highlighted then. And then that's how it comes back to me. I even used to color code all my subjects. So English would be like blue hardback, blue copy. And then Irish would be yellow hardback, yellow copy. And then that's just how I remember things. And flashcards as well. I find flashcards really useful. Mm -hmm. And uh, you touched on there, like kind of that no one's the same, that everyone has their own certain way of doing things. Uh, with your experience of working on like the calls, uh, how have you found, like we'll say, giving advice to different people who might be going through something similar, but have all got like their own personal twist on it? And actually, sorry, maybe give a little bit of background as well at what you do, just so everyone knows. <laughs> okay, so I am a crisis volunteer on the 50808 text line. So it's a 24-hour text line that people just obviously text into uh, whenever they feel like they're in need of support. It doesn't matter how big it is, how small it is, whatever it seems to you, just text in and know that we're always there for them. Um, you mentioned the advice, but actually we technically don't give advice um, because obviously we don't know you or your situation. You know your own life best, but we're there to support you um, and give you the space to help yourself feel better and work through whatever you're going through. Okay, so you kind of more offer, like we'll say, a sounding board for like their own thoughts to kind of come across. Yeah. And have you noticed any specific, we'll say, like topics that keep coming up or people finding, I don't know, it like lonely, that's an obvious one, but like being lonely in COVID or whatnot or what's normal, would you say? Definitely, that's come up so much lately. And you can tell, um, whenever another lockdown is announced or if it's extended, the text line will always spike and it'll go up, uh, understandably so, because it's tough news to take, like, and you just want to let it out, I think. And that's a really big thing. I think a lot of people just want someone to listen or just want to let it out and not be judged by it. I think it's easier for people they find it easier to text than to call. I know I don't like calling anyone. I don't. I think my mum and my dad are the only people that would actually phone call. And it's hard to say those words um, out loud. So I think texting is definitely a really good option for people to just be able to get it out and be supported as well. Because sometimes, like, I think people might feel if they were talking to people that they know, then they'd kind of brush it off or, you know, like that kind of way. But it's important to feel that they're valid in what they're feeling, like their feelings are fair, <laughs> obviously, uh, and that they're supported in that. 
Yeah, for sure. And what kind of, what drew you to this kind of field? Because uh, like when you're making your leaving cert decision on what college course you're going to go to, like that has a big impact on what you'll end up doing for the next few years. Uh, what made you go down the, this kind of route? Um, I suppose I was quite lucky in that I always kind of knew what I wanted to do, which I know is kind of rare because a lot of people don't know what they do, which is fine because there's so many things you can do and you can always go down many different routes or you can change what you want to do. There's people in college, they don't know what they want to do. And even in any career that you go into, there's so many different sectors and different paths that you can take within it. Uh, like in psychology, people always think, oh, it's just sitting on a couch talking to someone but there's so many different types of psychology there could be educational there could be sports there could be forensic there could be work organizational there's just so many different things and um yeah so I was lucky that I knew that I wanted to do that I think I just had um a natural thing that I knew that I just wanted to help people and even for my TY work experience and my what else did we do? Work experience in LCVP. We did work experience for that as well. I did them both in kind of mental health settings. So I always knew that's what I wanted to do, which I suppose is good for me because it's such a long road that you have to be so committed to it. You have to really want to stick with it or you won't get there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you're studying psychology minute and would you, and you're also doing that kind of texting as well. Do you find that you learn more about, we'll say, like... um like what was it like practices to help deal with mental health like true like theoretical learning in college or do you find it easier and like practical in your own like life experience or hearing experiences of others so in Maynooth the one of the main things that like attracted me to Maynooth was the fact that we have a work experience kind of year and third year um so that was really good to put it into practice because it can be a bit the undergrad isn't it doesn't really go into detail let's say so it's kind of just an introduction to psychology and then say if you go on to do your master's you more specify in what you want to do and it'll go more in depth mm -hmm. so you wouldn't really be dealing too much with the um with actual people or things like that or could, because like i said there's different routes so that mightn't even be what you want to do and there's someone just there having to listen to that but yeah, I think doing the text line has definitely made me feel that that's the route that I want to go down myself. Like that is what I want to do. Um, and it also, it's given me the confidence to be certain that like I can do that uh, and that it does help people and that that's what I want to do. More confidence, I would say. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. And so if you have to take, say, two or three practical takeaways from like both like the theoretical learnings that you've had in college and like working with, say, on your work experience or even in the texts, would it be like two or three practices that you now implement yourself or you'd recommend to people who are struggling with anxiety or any of those kind of issues? Um, yeah, not so much from college, like I said, just because that's more introducing yeah. you to psychology and the different types of psychology, cognitive, all that. Um, but definitely through the different, say, trainings that I have, I've done the Mental Health First Aid Ireland for Young People. That's a really good course I'd really recommend people to do. It's often places are usually funded on that because it can cost, I think, like 300 euro, which I didn't want to pay. Yeah, but they do have um, funded places by the HSD, so you can just book your place. It's like a two-day training and um, different trainings like that, Safe Talk as well and Children First. Mm -hmm. So I think combined with that and doing the crisis text line I've definitely um, come across things that 
I've kind of changed even my own thinking about things and how I react to things and what helps. And it do definitely does help people because they say all the time once we go through these things that they feel a lot better and it just, it really helps them. So I would say technique wise, breathing is a massive thing that can help people. And when I was in secondary school, I kind of brushed it off. <laughs> I was like, no, it's too bad. I feel too bad, like too stressed, breathing like that's not going to help me um but then when i actually like give it a serious try then it actually does really help you and there's different types of breathing and grounding techniques that you can use so for breathing um there's kind of different uh versions for yourself that like might work for you um there's one called the flower breathing technique so it's where you would Breathe in through your nose like you're smelling a flower and then breathe out like you're blowing on a dandelion, which I think is a really nice one. Um, oh, another one that I love is the hot chocolate one. <laughs> so you put your two hands out in front of you like you're holding a mug. Then you breathe in with your nose, you're smelling the chocolate and uh, then you breathe out as if you're blowing on it and you keep repeating that. And it can actually, after a while, your brain thinks that it's really there and then you actually feel all warm because of the hot chocolate. And that's a really nice one. Um, for myself, though, I'd say my favorite one would be the four, seven, eight breathing technique. <laughs> Sorry. So then for that one, you breathe out as if you're making a whoosh sound. I don't know, it's probably not the right word to use, but you know what I mean? You're making a sound when you breathe out. And then, so you breathe out for four seconds. You're just counting your head. Then you breathe in for, oh my God, I think I've said that backwards. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, so I'll start again. For that one, then you breathe out whoosh sound and then you breathe in for a count of four seconds and then you hold it for seven seconds and then you breathe back out with the whoosh sound again for eight and at the start i <laughs> i'm probably just really unfair or something but at the start you can actually be like oh god i can't actually breathe i can't hold my breath for that long yeah, yeah, but you can sure. always change around the numbers to whatever suits you um, i can actually do it now and i find that one is definitely my favorite one um to use another one people really find useful a lot of people would use this on the text line it's one of the main ones that we would uh, suggest to people and they always find that it works is the 54321 technique or it's also called like the senses so that one's a really good one for grounding you to your actual senses and it wouldn't be it's not really a breathing one it's more grounding you so you do five things that you can see four things you can feel three things you can hear two things you can smell and one thing you can taste and it just the breathing and the grounding they really um your mind is forced to focus on them because you can't be thinking about all things you're thinking about while also doing the breathing imagining that chocolate the flowers or just yeah, yeah. the senses going through all the things you can see hear smell everything so it really gives you a break from all the things that are going on in your mind and all the stress all the things that you're thinking of Mm -hmm. um, journaling as well is such a good um, technique for people and I know people when they think of journaling they typically think of the like dear diary <laughs> and like yeah. writing yeah. out what happened in your day or whatever uh, and that does work for people but I think it's more um, evolved now a little bit <laughs> into different types of journaling there's so many different types 
of journaling that you can do. There's and, the uh, which, which, one would, which one would you do yourself or do you journal yourself? Just if you had to like prioritize maybe one or two, just to give an idea for the listeners. Okay, if I had priorities, I prioritize two. Um, I would prioritize gratitude journaling. That's a really good one. There's been a lot of research into that recently and it, um, it's definitely been proven to lower stress and anxiety. And even myself, when I started doing it, I'm like, oh, this actually, this is <laughs> really helpful. Yeah. So gratitude journaling would be, say, you write five things that you're grateful for, or you write about something that you accomplished today. It could be tiny, it could be so small, it could be like, I met my bed, or I sent an email, or just, or it could be something really big, like I submitted an assignment, I did an exam. Um, but it actually makes such a difference to just write down something that you're grateful for, something that you accomplished, and it makes you feel better. Because I know if you're stressed and anxious, especially during the leaving search, you might feel like I'm getting nothing done. Uh, I have so much to do. But if you just take the time to write out even a few things, one thing that you have done, it actually makes you feel a lot better. And as well as that, it's kind of linked to that as well, but something that you're proud of. Um, that could even be in the past as well, but just writing out one thing that you're proud of is really good for yourself. I think it just feels good. It makes you feel better and it makes you realise that you've done more than you think you have, especially at the time that you're feeling so overwhelmed and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, bullet journaling as well is the second one, sorry. Yeah, no, I completely agree with those uh, two ideas, like the bit you mentioned about journaling and breath work. And I just thought I'd mention real quick because I had a little look into it myself and I'm no expert, but I just listened to a few people who know a lot. And they're saying that like simply put, breathing can as directly ca causes your heart rate essentially directly. So if you have if you spend more time inhaling rather than exhaling, your heart rate will go down. And if you spend more time exhaling than inhaling, your heart rate goes up. So if you want to calm yourself down by literally we'll say having an eight second inhale versus a five second exhale. After about 20, 30 seconds of doing that, your heart rate will go down and vice versa. So you can actually control how you feel in that regard. And I just thought I mentioned myself with journaling. Like I know myself that when you do it for a day or two, you don't really see the benefit of it. But it's more if you can keep that process up for three or four or five months. And then like if you just want to look back and you'll see that maybe you've only written down three things a day. But at the same time, it's three, it's three things a day for 30 days for five months. So it really adds up and it gives you an idea of like how far you've come. So I just thought I'd add it in at the end as well. Definitely. Um, especially the journal and what you said, even just one thing, it doesn't seem like a lot, but then when it builds up, you really look back and you feel like you've accomplished so much more than you thought you would have. And with the breathing, that's so true. When I was in Leaving Cert and if I was having like a panic attack before an exam or something, um, my heart would be going so fast and it just feels, it feels like you can't even breathe. And then, but if you just do the breathing, like it really grounds you and it helps you slow down and just catch a break. And then, yeah, the breathing really helps. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And so have you picked up any other tips as well along the way? So you got the breathing and the journaling. Have you found any other like salute, not even solutions, but just even maybe even perspectives of how to view kind of exams and stress in that regard? Yeah, definitely. I would say reframing your thoughts is crucial and it's so hard to do because you can't stop your thoughts you can never stop having a thought because obviously they'll just pop into your mind but we can change how we react to it or think about that thought um if that makes sense um i've seen something recently from they're called learning and well-being they're an organization of educational psychologists and they've recently put a post of how we can reframe our thinking of lockdown learning 
So say instead of saying that we need to catch up, you can rephrase that as we need to just move forward. Or if you're saying that we've lost time or lost learning and we won't be able to get it back, you say you work out where you are and then you go from there. And it's not cramming, it's building upon <laughs> what you have. And just those little changes, they're really hard to do. Um, it is because it's totally changing the way that you think. But just if you catch yourself and you just reframe it a little bit, it really changes how you are feeling about it and how you approach it. Yeah, I have to say that's definitely true. Like it's all about how you view a situation. That being said, though, I do think there's a fine line between like having a bad situation and reframing it to seem pretty, but like it, you still have that problem. So it's kind of a fine line between like reframing stuff and like being at, like kind of a toxic positivity, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's so true. Um, toxic positivity used to drive me mad in the season search. Um, it really did. And for anyone that doesn't know toxic positivity, um, which the Irish are kind of definitely more prone to just automatically we do it, is where you use sayings such as like, oh, it'll be okay, it's fine, be positive, it could be worse, if I did it, you can do it. And it's really, you might, it's out of the best intentions. People are trying to be good about it. They mean well, and they're trying to make you feel better. But in reality, it does not make you feel better. I think it was one of the most things that I hated here when I was in the Leaving Cert. Someone told me it'd be okay. When you're in that moment, it's not okay. And at the time, you just, it does not seem like it's going to be okay. And it's so stressful. And I can't even imagine the stress that all these current leave inserts are going through on top of it with lockdown and all the uncertainty with exams and predicted grades and what it means and on top of that of what they actually want to do it's just um it's insane to think about yeah no because i think it's just important to draw the line so like say you have a problem like i don't know you feel stressed about the irish orals like to if you want to have a different framework the way to the way to not think about it is say oh the irish orals aren't that hard everyone's done them that's not beneficial to yourself and that's kind of again the toxic positivity but if you reframed it to more like okay it's a challenge it's going to be tough however if i do these six things i'm going to be fine which is like it's giving you a plan forward and it's also hopefully helping like your anxiety and stress towards it but at the same time it's not a false sense of security because that's just going to you're going to get caught out at the end of the day the leaving certainly brutally honest to you so you might as well kind of accept that and move forward from there yeah, it's so true. Like it really fix, makes you feel a lot better um, and more understood and more hard. It's more useful if you're here and yeah, it is really hard. It's tough and it's not going to be easy um, because then you feel understood. You definitely feel um, like somebody gets it and somebody is understanding how you're feeling and they're validating how you're feeling instead of kind of just dismissing it and being like, oh, it'll be fine or everyone's done it, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, exactly. It's just about like, yeah, not over, not over reframing it either. Like it's there's no point going too far mm -hmm. that end. Yeah. So if you had to pick, we'll say a few tricks that you've learned up on the ways. Because you said that when you're doing your leaving cert, you did feel anxious and stressed, and you didn't really have the coping mechanisms there ready to go. So say you're like at this stage in your leaving cert again, like you're in sixth year, you're in March, a few months away from the leaving cert. What like technique or trick do you think would make a big difference now for you back in the day? So now I think I've definitely learned a lot more uh, about myself and how to deal with my anxiety and all that. Um, definitely the breathing and like I said, all the other stuff. Um, but 
if you feel like you're in a place where you can work on it, so say disclaimer, if you're in a place that your mental health is in affecting your everyday life and you feel like you really need some professional support, um, then definitely go and seek that. But if you feel like you can, um, you want to work on it yourself at the minute, there's some great self-help resources out there and I find them so useful. So there are certain workbooks that you can get or um, certain, uh, what do you call them, workshops that you can do as well. They can be really informative and they can be really great and there's something that you can just get instantly or go to or try. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say the workbooks, there's some of them, I think, let me just get the names of the ones. Um, Colour Me Happy, they're a page on Instagram that I love. Uh, it's spelled the American way now, so it's like C-O-L-O-R, me, and then happy, H-A-P-P-I-I. Um, but she has some like workbooks that you can um, use for anxiety and mental health, and it takes you through the different things that you can write down. I don't want to spoil what's in the workbooks in case no one wants to buy it, but um, those can be really useful. And especially if it's kind of already laid out for you, I think it's easier to work through it then instead of just being so overwhelmed by yourself wondering how am I gonna feel better what am I gonna do um or even what can I do yeah and I know that journey to wellness there another page on Instagram that I love um she has another anxiety workbook that she does as well and I think one of my friends she runs her own um psychology Instagram her name is my power my choice on Instagram uh, she brought me onto this book that's amazing. I would say it's one of <laughs> the most like life-changing, not to sound like too dramatic books. <laughs> um, it's called the, one second. I can't remember what it's called. It's like the Self-Compassion Workbook. Um, okay. And but where, that book is really Yeah, and where can you find that book? Is it available on like an Amazon or is it a podcast or? I have it now. Um, so it's called the Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook by Kristen Neff. And I think you can get it on Amazon is where I was looking at it. Um, but it's such a, it's like it really changes how you're viewing things and how you, uh, even your tone towards yourself. Because I know when you're in even sir, I you can be quite negative towards yourself and just being like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not going to do well. Uh, and all these thoughts just like overwhelming you. But um so definitely workbooks like that can be really helpful. She actually does these pages of um, bullet journals that I love as well because they have, um, it's like one page, but it'll have, you can, at the top it has practice gratitude. So that's your gratitude. It kind of combines a few things. So it's really useful one page. So it has practice gratitude. You can have your daily, it has space for writing your day, your schedule, whatever. It has things you can do to prepare for tomorrow, organize your top priorities, track your mood. And there's little positive messages in the corners as well. Um, it has a track the weather thing as well, which I don't think is very useful here because it's just going to be rain. <laughs> but the whole page overall is just really useful and helps you stay organized, focused, but as well as tracking all your other things as well, like your mood and practicing gratitude, which is definitely proven to help with stress and anxiety. So I really love them pages. Yeah, so that's they're all very important too as well to have. Uh, one thing again, as I said, I'm not a scientist. I'm kind of quoting stuff that I've heard from other people as well. But it seems that a lot of like they would say how you feel about yourself is also related to like the neurological systems in your brain and in your in your body itself. Uh, two of the more powerful was you can call I can't can't like they're not drugs, but they're along those lines like dopamine and serotonin. 
where like you get the dopamine hit if you feel like you're on track and if you actually are let's say put in a good hour of study kind of notice that afterwards or even if you eat a bar of chocolate or go for exercise all the same sort of thing but one that doesn't get talked about as much is serotonin and serotonin is a lot more related to like your place relative to other people that your brain is kind of it's it's almost wired to like judge to see how you're doing in comparison to other people and that can be kind of a tricky one because you're not fully in control but the thing about uh, serotonin is it's, it's subjective like there can be people who are millionaires and feel like you know their serotonin levels are low because they're comparing themselves to like take your pick like elon musk or someone or someone who might be like in relative to them not doing as well could actually have quite high level of serotonin because they're comparing themselves to someone a bit lower and what I'm, where I'm going with that is that like it's important to realize that that's like that could be affecting your mood so if you're looking at someone who say for example in class and there's someone going for 625 you might be comparing yourself to them the amount of studies you're doing and that's quite often going to lead to like a lower level of serotonin or like it'll go down um, I'm very conscious that I don't know that much about this topic so I don't want to be <laughs> an expert I just kind of know like the, the overview of it but what I'm getting at is that like it's important to realize that those two things impact your mood a lot and once you realize that you can kind of regulate it a bit better definitely yeah comparing yourself to the leaving start is tough because there are different types of people like I said and everyone's different so it's really hard not to compare yourself when you're looking at that and I think that definitely adds to the stress and anxiety because you're comparing yourself and that usually doesn't end well because you're going to make yourself feel that you aren't doing as much as them or you're not going to get as many points as them but everyone's situation um, is really different and I'm always a big believer no one is better than anyone else so you definitely should be a lot more kind to yourself. I think one of my say favourite sayings is to be kind to yourself and we say it a lot on the text line and it really I think hits with people because they realize that they're not being kind to themselves and that it's not making them feel it's making them feel worse really and just noticing that and trying to do little things to help yourself can really change your whole mood and attitude and everything mm -hmm. yeah i just think it's important to note that there is actually like a biological system like serotonin that does actually regulate your mood based on how you appeal like how you feel relative to others and a simple way to affect that or to change that is like maybe view yourself in a different light in terms of you might be comparing themselves on like one particular plane, but on a few different planes, you might be, you know, exactly where you want to be yourself. But uh, without going too much off the detail, because I'll get someone on who actually knows far more about the topic than I do uh, to actually properly give you a proper discussion on it. And um, I meant to ask about like some of the other stuff you're involved in. Like you're involved in a few like a few projects that are kind of coming into Ireland more recently. Yeah. So Mind the Mind is um, a new campaign that's coming to Ireland. Or it's in Ireland now. Um, it's part of the social initiative by EPSA, who are the European Federation of Psychology Students Association, which is a bit of my. Um, I always have to say it. I'm like EFPSA, but it's called EPSA. Anyways, so they this initiative has been running throughout Europe for six years before, I think. So this is called the seventh wave. They do it in waves. And this is the seventh wave and it's the first time that it's in Ireland, which is really great because um, what they're doing is the mind the mind is all about breaking stigma behind mental illness and mental um, disorders. So they, and it's aimed at secondary school students and that age group mainly. Definitely follow them on all social media, by the way. They have um, newsletters and everything that you can sign up to to learn more about different mental health disorders. And um, they also, what they'll be doing mainly is, once restrictions are hopefully lifted and we can get back out to schools, uh, we'll actually be going into schools in 
all counties throughout Ireland and be given workshops and um, so these workshops will be aimed at breaking the stigma, making sure that everyone understands these because there's so much stigma in Ireland about mental health. And um, I think it's such an important age as well that um, like adolescence, it's really key to development and everything. So I think if we really gear support and education and information and everything towards that age group, it could really help to create more um, adults who are better able to deal with it or just accept it and just remove that stigma that mm -hmm. should not and be there. In, in those workshops, like what tools will the students get out of them that they'll be able to implement in their own lives? Because I, like, I know myself when I'd have been younger and even now, like we have sometimes in, in, in PwC where I'm working with now, we'd have like workshops and that and it's very easy for me to zone out because it'd be like, oh, it's just like, it's just a guest speaker coming in for an hour and a half. And, but I find that like, if I know what we're going to get out of it, like if I'm saying, okay, well, they're going to teach you about this, this, and this, I find it a lot easier to stay focused. And maybe that's just me, but uh, like what would we say, mind your mind, uh, like be delivering to students that they can take out of it, essentially? Definitely not just you. I know workshops, some of them can be uh, an effort. It takes effort to listen to them, but uh, we definitely don't want that. And we ourselves, we're all, uh, I think all of us are psychology students, so we all want to, um, make sure that it's interesting and engaging. We have little things that we'll be doing with cards and that. So it's kind of like a fun little game where we'll say uh, in a statement and then they have these cards. So lift it up if they think it's true, lift it down if they think it's false. And um, so then we'll kind of go through it afterwards and go through why people think that, if they feel comfortable sharing why they think that, and just kind of have opening up these discussions that are really important to have. But as well as that, at the end as well, we will be making sure that they all have access to the different supports, resources, helplines, um, everything. They'll all, each of them will be getting like a list of them as well. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, so that's the main thing. Like, because I know myself, like, and same for everyone. The thing about mental health, it's a lot easier to look after with, say, physical health. Like, maybe all you have to do is go for a run or work for, work out for thirty minutes, and you've kind of you tick the box. Whereas a mental health is a lot harder to like tangibly quantify if you're doing enough work. So that's kind of like, it's important to have like actual physical tools that they can go and use. Like as you're saying, reading techniques or the journaling, there are two things that are like completely in your own control. Like anyone can control their own breaths and anyone who's in even circle can grab a pen of paper and do a bit of journaling. So it's great. Like I presume that like the services that you'll be providing will kind of focus on some of those kind of things or would it be like a particular activity that you'll get them to do afterwards that like when you leave, they'll be able to take it away? I think the workshops will mainly be focused on um, breaking the stigma, but as well making sure that they feel comfortable to have the conversations with friends as well. Mm -hmm. um, but there are other workshops that would give you more of the skills. So for instance, I'm doing my work experience at the minute with Jigsaw and they have workshops that are particularly tailored to students and they have them on say exam stress um, for students or self-care, which is really important and different things like that, that they will give them the tools that they need to be able to understand how they're feeling, to understand what helps, to understand what doesn't, and to understand where they can get further support if they need it. Yeah, okay, so like, now I'm summarizing here, and I could let, let me know if I'm wrong, but so like the, the stuff that you've been in the workshops is kind of like opening the door, and then what they'll get out of it is that like you'll have shown them like the way, and then you'll like point them towards different resources they themselves can use, like as I said, Jigsaw, and the rest of the lines. Would that be right or? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the main thing with Mind the Mind 
is to break that stigma, but also on our social media as well, uh, the different counties or the different teams that we have. I think it was Cork and Limerick this week, they've been taken over our Instagram and they'll be going through different things. I know they had different people on, they had people on for exercise, people on for breathing, people on for different book clubs, different things. So we're definitely active on there as well. We'll have different challenges going on and different things that people can be taking part in or just learning about. I think today's post was about sleep, which I'm guilty of not getting enough of as well. So I can't really say much here, but definitely sleep is important. Yeah, no, it's mad. Uh, personally, I've been getting into sleep a lot more because I don't have as many hours in the day to be sleeping. But one thing that I found out, which is actually mental for me, is that the, the times that you sleep at, so if you slept for, say, six hours a day from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m., uh, for five days straight, so you're only getting six hours sleep. Uh, relative or in comparison, if you slept like eight hours, then four hours, then ten hours, then eleven, then nine, even though you're having more hours sleep per week with the like unregulated schedule, every single hour you deviate from the mean. Like so, say you normally have six hours sleep, and then for a few days you have five and seven and nine or whatever. Uh, it's like an eighteen percent reduction in like capacity to remember stuff from the day before. I don't know how they got to that stat, but it's something mental like that. <laughs> So like one thing that's nearly underrated and it is, it is mentioned a lot is that by having a regular sleeping pattern, regardless of how much it is, like hope, like the more you can get clearly the better. But another correlation is that it's like the same amount at the same time. So it's like really important as well. So that's just one other thing to mention for sleep. Yeah, definitely is. Um, Manuth actually does a lot of research into sleep. So I think it was during last year we came in and we did, uh, took part in some of the research and experiments that the older students they would have been doing for their final year projects it's kind of like paying it forward if we help them do ours hopefully someone when we're doing ours will help us Um, but it's really interesting and I felt bad when I was answering them because I am guilty I know I should be getting more regular and time sleep because it does have so many benefits and it really affects you like I know that if I don't sleep I'm completely I would say out of it the next day I'm just not in it and brains all foggy and everything so definitely not what you want to be having during the leave insert. But I think it's so hard with COVID as well at the minute. Um, and especially if you you have more time, then you're just going to be, I don't know, maybe binge watching Netflix or something and you're kind of staying up late. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a tricky one to get on top of because it's easy to like forget about nearly because you kind of have to do it. But at the same time, it's not like we'll say, I mentioned already like exercise, like it's very easy to be like, grand, I get the half an hour done and I can clock it down where sleep is just, you're going to bed and you wake up event like again like you don't really put too much thought into it but kind of to go back to what you're saying earlier about like the whole stigma of mental health i'd be curious to know like what do you def- like where do you think this like mental health talk is in ireland now like what is the general perception of it and where would you like it? like in an ideal world where would you like it to go to i think there's two different sides to it i think it's getting a lot better um maybe among the younger generation and say the older generation still might be not where it needs to be exactly but I think that's a lot to do with how they've been brought up and it is so internalized that they wouldn't even think of it and to be fair I think the less you know about it then the less you understand it and you're obviously not going to be able then and I think that's a big part of these workshops as well is exposing people to it so that they can understand it and normalize it and then it's okay to talk about it and all that um so even if it's a small thing with this workshop and it helps one person be able to start talking about it then that's what the aim of it is and that's what we're hoping that it just gets people talking and feel 
don't have that stigma around it and they can feel comfortable talking about it and then hopefully <laughs> that would translate to at home as well and it opens up the conversation everywhere for everyone mm -hmm. okay. yeah that's clearly like the right message to have and i just want to commend you on actually going out and doing it because there's a lot of people who you know like will say might have mental health issues or they might feel like a bit depressed or whatnot but they don't do much about it whereas at least you're saying that you were kind of struggling a bit in the leaving circuit and like maybe you're still struggling a little bit now but you're definitely trying to get on top of it so fair play to you and you're also trying to help other people and as, I, as you already said like you're you know giving time to people like doing the i think it was i think i saw recently that you've done like 200 hours worth of uh, of like time <laughs> doing the text which is absolutely ridiculous like that's mental going Oh, thank you. It doesn't seem like that to me. And all the volunteers on the text line are just incredible. I'd say there's like a list of people that hit 200 hours every week because everyone is just so uh, dedicated to it. And it's a really great community of people, mm -hmm. which is great to see because even I think for me as a psychology student, I forget um, that it's not easy or it's not easy, but like it doesn't come to everyone or it's not on everyone's mind all the time. Whereas my mind is always like, oh, psychology, mental health, all that. And then you see people on the platform that are from all different professions, um, could be like anything. And then it just, it makes me feel a lot better for humanity. I would say that there's people that don't have psychology or do it all the time that want to take their time to help people and to make sure that the service is there for people that yeah. need it. And um, I just thought, just to wrap it up, like to give people an easy kind of out. So if you had to pick, like we'll say, uh, two, two things they could do currently, like as you said, maybe it's just journaling and breeding, uh, then maybe two social media sites they could follow just to start off with, and then like maybe two or three books or, some, or a podcast or something that like, so there's like different levels to it. So what they can do in the next five minutes, what they can kind of follow like passively, and maybe like something if they're more interested in getting into in depth of it. So you mentioned a book that you liked. And I'm putting you on the spot here now. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to go through my head. I'm like, okay, book, podcast, pages. <laughs> um, so definitely, yeah, like we said, the breathing, reframing thoughts. But I would say definitely one thing that everyone should um, do is to have that one activity that you enjoy yourself and force yourself to make time for it. Um, because it's definitely easy during um, stressful times or when you're anxious or anything else going on to say, no, I don't have time to do that. I have all this to do or I'm so stressed, no, I don't want to do it. But if you force yourself to do what you enjoy, like for me, it'd be reading. And if I force myself to take the time to read, then it definitely takes me out of my mind and I can really relax then and ground myself down again. But for other people, it could be, say, exercising or anything else like that that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. And if you had to pick, we'll say, two social media sites, and I know you probably oh, got yeah. ten of them, but just like, you know, two easy ones. I actually follow so many that I like, but um, actually I did a cleanse recently of all the social media sites because I wasn't liking what was on my feed, but now I do. Um, there's a page called A Dose of Reminders, which I think is really nice because they yeah. just post little reminders for yourself that are really nice. And um, My Name is Ellen, that's another page I really like. Uh, so yeah, I do like those pages. That's the thing though, like it can be kind of, not because they daunting, but when you're given like, oh, here's 10 social media sites to have a look at, it's kind of easier yeah. to just have one or two and then you move on. And then if you have to pick like two books and maybe a podcast or like something that's a bit more in depth, we'll say, what, what would be the ones that you say to go to start off with? Books and podcasts. Okay. Um, podcasts, I would say, now this is just for me because it's, um, 
psychology um podcast <laughs> so that's just what i like listening to but you know if anyone's even interested in that um then it's called i think it's like journey to um psychology or journey to clinical psychology something like that sorry i can't remember the name of the podcast hold on that's no, grand i can i can toss it up on the like the bio for this afterwards so there is a podcast done by rte and it's called you okay um and I actually loved that when they started doing it. It was kind of during the start of things with everything going on. But they brought on these different people who are really great professionals in their field who could really give some great tips to people. And every week was kind of like a different topic. And I just, I really love that podcast. Mm-hmm. And, then and then books the, wise. Two books, yeah, exactly. Um, I know that there's a book around now that's really popular. Um, I don't want to offend anyone, but it's called like um, the book you and your parents had read, um, which can be really helpful to read, definitely gets you thinking anyways. And the other book that I mentioned earlier, the Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook by Kristen Neff. Oh, also, I just remembered one thing now. <laughs> Sorry, this is really random and it's not really, um, but it's definitely something people can do as well. It's an app called Headspace. Oh, yeah. Um, so that will be... Um, meditation which is so good as well for people and it's actually on snapchat i think which i only found out the last day because usually i just have the app um but it's on snapchat as well so you don't even have to download it you can just go on snapchat and it'll be there and they have just different settings like you could go for three minutes or it could have a much longer session and it has different ones say for um if you're anxious if you need to go to sleep or if you're stressed or it has different categories that you can look into as well and they do write different articles like blogs as well so it's a really useful app yep Jeez, that's brilliant thanks a million for that for all that rush you appreciate it a lot so uh, just to kind of wrap up so if you say maybe try journaling do some breathing techniques but the headspace will help for, help for that as well uh, if they're interested in social media they can look at those two you mentioned and then the podcast and the book so depending on what level they want to get into it they have a few different like routes to have a look but i just want to say thanks a million again for doing this appreciate it a lot and i'm sure it'll help you people including me by the way thank you so much for having me yeah it's really great hopefully someone takes even one thing away from all this babbling but yeah we'll see we'll see hopefully all right i'll chat to you i'll see you later thank you bye that's the end of another episode i hope you've taken something away from this and i'll catch you in the next one until then good luck